This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to GCF. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have second service, actually. Hey, it's good Christian fun, colon, second service. Now, usually... These are episodes that we keep on patreon.com slash goodchristianfun. For our paying customers. For our We pin Patreon these episodes saints. only to paying people. That's right. <laughs> and there is a difference. And we are waging class warfare <laughs> on our podcast listening public. No, seriously, we can't afford it. That's but cool. truly, uh, Good Christian, our Patreon was put together with the aim of we always want to do different kinds of shows than the regular format that we do every Wednesday on the show where we talk about Christian pop culture. We want to have long conversations, more in-depth conversations, different kind of formats. And on this episode today that we did with our friend, Pastor Darren McKenna, it was the best kind of episode, I think, that kind of shows what we'd like to do or what we hope to do on the show. So for this episode, we wanted to unlock it to the general listening audience in public at the same time. So you can all hear it, and our existing patrons can feel screwed over. <laughs> JK. Yeah, so come take a peek behind the nasty curtain and see what's going on over in the Patreon. So yeah, good uh, patreon.com slash. So yeah, good. Cri- so yeah, Patreon. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. So yeah, baby. I'm keeping this in. I usually edit this shit. Damn it. <laughs> Woo! Satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> a reference to an episode next week. Oh boy. But anyway, we really love this episode and really love this conversation and wanted everyone to benefit from hearing from it as we did from having it with Darren. So here it is, our conversation with Darren. I wanted a weird fact about me. Yeah. I can still quote all of gibberish. That song, gibberish. That is that all in. It's all oh. in gibberish. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh yeah, they wrote. <laughs> it came on. Like I was There's just like playing it. I was like, song? I don't know yeah. what. What was like my, my childhood? Yeah, this. This song, is it. This is it. Yeah. Wow, you just had it right, ready. To <laughs> it's fast. You knew. Oh. Sing along. Do it. Do it. Victoria. Paravillantinier, Paravillantinier. <laughs> Plays Dorga, the Sims Dorga, 1. Dorga, 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 I, I just, it's still there. This oh is like gosh. the thing I never knew would like stick with me my entire life. It's Reliant K. Okay, it's just something you learned as a song. kid casually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just had like the CD thing. You know, I pulled it out. I'd look at the lyrics. And I would oh, just, so you learned you like I like know that looked at the I could words probably write all these words down. This right is a now. second scripture for you growing <laughs> up. Amazing. Yeah, the text is rich. The text uh, is rich. I'm always about the text. Yeah. I think I think we've started. <laughs> Welcome to GCF Second Service. I'm Kevin. And I'm Caroline. And we're here to have scribble and blah. Gibberish. Cool. Right. 
See what <laughs> sorry, you no, second I service. support that. Yeah. Good, great. Give me a break. I'm sorry. Give me a break. Get it's second service, and we have a pastor to talk to today. Oh, yeah. A real life pastor mm-hmm. that wants to do this show. Well, I guess we should introduce him right now. What enneagram type are you again? He's a he's an enneagram type two. He's an enneagram coach. And he's a pastor at New Abbey, New Abbey, North Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Darren McKinnon! Hi, welcome. Excuse me. Welcome. Don't feel like you need to match that energy. I mean, how do you match the energy of this song? You can't. It can't be. I got a wobble. Amy Grant, was that a part of it growing up? That was. It was, yeah. Well, thanks for doing the show, buddy. Of course. Under uh, dubious circumstances. <laughs> just, <laughs> Why? Well, I'm just like, I slid into his DMs. Oh, yeah, I've known did. each other okay. a little yeah. bit, but yeah, yeah I slid into hey, the DMs. Met, right? Like, yeah. it, it is still, I would rather, I think it's got, it's getting to the point now. I'm, a, I'm 29 years old. I think it's getting to the point now where asking someone on a date is less nerve-wracking than saying, do you want to do my podcast? <laughs> like, Especially in LA. <laughs> yes, it's less vulnerable in a way. And much less my Christian podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I swear it's funny. It's the, no, but actually we swear and it's like cool. And I don't know if you know Lurgis. It's like if they were like 5% funnier and 40% stupider. <laughs> That's our podcast. And it's only five so percent funny. See you there. Oh, and it's, you'll have to be here for three hours. Yeah. See you there. <laughs> There's a cat that might break your legs if she sits on them, and uh, yeah, it's a lot to ask. I'll let it's say. a big ask. So we're, so we're very happy you accepted. I'm the call. so glad to be here. Yeah, now, we want to. You know, we may have some like pastoral questions for you specifically, but before we get to them. We do want to ask you about your story and your guestimony and your history with faith and religion and, and your journey. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, you're mean, sharing your story. Now, you, you, you're you at a church where they share their story every Sunday. That's right. And you meet an interesting person in the congregation. Now it's every you. Every damn Sunday. Yeah. I like that part. And now it's me. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So take as much or a little time as you want. We'd love to hear it all. All right. Yeah. Well, let's think. I grew up in Lilburn, Georgia. Oh, Lil Burn. Okay. I didn't stutter. It's actually L I L Burn. It is? Yeah. Lil. Lil Burn, which I actually had a really hard time saying as a kid. I was like, Little Burn. <laughs> like, I just didn't know what to do with like Lil Burn. Like a proper young gentleman. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh-huh. you know? So that's right outside of Atlanta and right in the heart of the evangelical South. Yeah. Um, we went to church as a kid. Um, you know, all the things. Like, we weren't a particularly religious household. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we would, like, pray before a meal, maybe, things like that. But um, my parents got divorced when I was eight, and then most people stopped going to the church, like, most of my family. Oh, okay. Um, The kids kind of stayed in there. It was, I have a brother and a sister, mom, dad, you know, and now step family, you know, it kind Mm -hmm. of, like, grows Mm -hmm. out and things like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, the kids kept going because we, like, had friends. And, like, Mm -hmm. that was, like, my friend group. So I grew up firmly in the church and (laughs) entrenched in all of the things, the VBSs, the... I mean, you name it, like guitar lessons with the, yeah, Alana's, (laughs) guitar lessons with the music uh, pastor and things like that. So that was kind of... Were you being like groomed at all to become a music pastor or a pastor in general? Uh, I 
Uh, kind of, yeah. Maybe. By the Maybe yeah, that little by the end of like high school, for sure, oh, that yeah. was the conversation. But at that point, it's just like, yeah, this this guy isn't like afraid to sing. Like, mm-hmm. who knew it was because I was gay? But but it's like he likes to sing and play, so we'll like train him in that. Like, yeah. he like. Do you guys remember Stick Ministry? Did you guys ever no, do what that? Is that? I'm I'm scared. <laughs> but continue. <laughs> there was. It's a. I actually haven't thought about this in probably fifteen years uh you would just get two long sticks <laughs> this is really hard and you just put one in each hand and it was like an, it was like an extension of your arms you just held them out like that uh-huh. and you would just like make a cross what? or like wave I it remember in the air. that, was, that ministry kind of like was founded ribbon. by a guy with brain damage <laughs> kevin <laughs> what Oh my god! Wait, was that supposed to like accompany the worship music? Yes, and so it was like it was like <laughs> so it was, it was like landing like, a plane. Yeah, it was like landing air a traffic plane, control. Except yeah. for you would make the occasional so cross. Instead of doing like ASL, which is a real language yeah. that could help people, <laughs> just like just kind of figure just, it out yeah, out there. Yeah. It was kind of like the tame version of ribbons, like the yes, slightly like the less gay thing. version yeah. of yeah, ribbons. Because ribbons feel way more common. Right. But somehow <laughs> so ribbons like, still ended up on your sticks. I honestly don't times. know. I don't know if it was a thing or if it was just someone at my show. I haven't yeah. thought about this. We might want to investigate this yeah. a little. Have you, you Googled had, it, Darren? If you're a listener that also had a stick ministry, please reach out to Darren and let him know he's not alone. I just, I just need Send some a stick solidarity. across the aisle to that guy. Yeah. Um, well, it is funny to think about, like... And they didn't come up with a better name. I, <laughs> I know, I realized I said ministry. stick ministry, and I was serious. <laughs> That's something I should never say as a pastor right now. Now, I remember oh, Stick no. Stickley's ministry on Nickelodeon every afternoon <laughs> from 3 to 5 Central Time. Stick Stickley. I don't know what that is. Oh, he was a Christian. Come on. I don't know what that you is. You don't? No, I don't. Do you? Uh, no. There's 10 well, I know the name, but I don't that... think I watched whatever this oh, thing okay. is. Yeah. Well, I do. I definitely at every turn want to turn this into like a Christian BuzzFeed and that's like a <laughs> hundred things only Christian kids will remember from the 90s and that was definitely one of them was he was a little stick man who would host the programming block oh, weekdays cool. on Nickelodeon. You said, oh cool. No, I meant it. I was like, oh, I know I know stuff like that. He's kind of like, like Face yeah. for Nick yeah. Jr. Yeah, like, face? Face I, here. <laughs> I liked Face. That guy? Yeah. He's a little scared. So, um, so he was the head of the ministry. <laughs> uh, wait, so Ryan, wh- rewinding a little bit, when your um, parents were a part of the church, were they pretty rah-rah, like gung-ho about it? And then Not particularly. Not particularly. It, okay, was, yeah. it was just like church is a thing. It's been Which a part of do. our families. Okay. We do this, you know. Like, and when they could tell you were like getting really into it, were they like, great? Or were they like, can you calm down a they little? They were a little like, <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> They're like, so I'm sure they had to go to a lot of your like performances. Yeah, and sort, all the stuff. Stick ministry performance. Stick stuff. Like, I don't know I what we're doing wrong. He just keeps bringing sticks home. I'll encourage him at whatever he wants to do, but the like, stick keeps just confusing. asking for my new pencils all the time. <laughs> I love making a cross. <laughs> I just, I, yeah. Because what other move you know, is like, there? Oh, that must be like 80% of stick ministry is just a cross, a smaller cross. For those of you cross. who can't see us, we're doing a lot of visually based humor with our arms right now, mm-hmm. which is perfect this for a podcast a setting. You could do a box. But I feel I think we did that. This, yeah. this, <laughs> wow. If you can dream I'm it, sorry, we did it. I know it. there's so much more to your story, but we will not move on from stick ministry. I'm having I trouble swear. moving on from stick ministry currently. I think there's a crisis happening here. Like, like, this is like this. I need to bring this to my therapist. This is a That's Kaiser Sofi right 
right now. We'll talk through this. Sozo, wow. Deep-seated stuff. Oh, my God. But it was definitely more of a social practice and a family culture thing. Exactly, yeah. It was our family. It was like what we did together for a while, and then it was kind of what I did by myself, But because I had friends there. Yeah, yeah. So it was fun. I learned guitar there, and... I remember they would try. They would get us to lead worship for VBS for the younger kids. By oh, the yes. time I was in high school, so I'm just this kind of no, the big kind of rotund kid, if you will. Okay. Just like awkwardly for a VBS. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> for a a Hawaiian themed VBS, uh, just wearing like Hawaiian t-shirts in a way. There's a oh, picture yeah. of me with like cargo shorts and like flip flops and on stage like playing guitar and singing my heart out for all of these like yeah. you know fifth graders and things. That's awesome. Was, you know that that kind of church. I don't know. Yeah. Did you have um, mentors at that time who you were who were like? Getting you riled up at all? Or not really? No. <laughs> riled up is an interesting term. I like to say riled up you for need... the Lord. <laughs> oh, I see. That <laughs> just generally riled up. My mentor up. was Jesus. Okay. 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 I guess Jesus y'all didn't have me. a direct line. I mean, but some of us did. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. And those people became pastors. <laughs> You're shepherd. And here we are. <laughs> okay, so then what happened? So I. Yeah, I do that whole thing in high school, and then in college, I get involved with crew, and that was kind of my... I did crew. You did crew? Yes, yep. all four years. Yep. yep. I did it for like three and a half-ish years, four-ish years, and... Um, yeah, that was a that was a trip. I was all into like Calvinism yes. and kind of like these super, what I understand now to be super conservative. For for me back then though, like it was just like this is what real Christians talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, it was just like the right way, and yeah. it was like an intellectual way to talk right. about Christianity. It was like I grew up in this like culture and the social fabric where it was just like, oh, this is how you build healthy relationships, mm-hmm. and this is where you find your communal identity, mm-hmm. and you practice faith this way. Like all actually really embodied and helpful things. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to college, I'm like, oh, now that I'm in college, the natural thing is to intellectualize. And to intellectualize means you have to be a five-point Calvinist. (laughs) And you need to preach the gospel in every sermon. Yes. You know, like, yes. <laughs> and so Every all servant. went to yes. the David Platt, the Francis Chan. You were like, radical. I was, was very ra- radical. Oh, I was so radical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and man. with the crazy love. Yeah, crazy love. That was it. Crazy that love book huge. changed my life. Yes. That was like my intro into that. I'm like, oh my You're God. Like, oh my God, we've been doing it all wrong. I've been doing this wrong. We need to. Have I done my Francis Chan impression on this podcast? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking if I've done I it. I don't remember. I want you to do it, though. It's just like. I don't know. What are we even doing here? I think it's actually more simple than we think it you is. Like that? Oh. I just want to be faithful. It's like we're walking this high wire, and I don't know. I think the you gospel is actually more simple. Faith, like the facial expressions <laughs> oh, right man, now. He's so plaintive. Um, yeah, because I remember in crew, like crew for me was also just a way of keeping myself like in Christianity and mm-hmm. like staying safe. Almost, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I, w- I grew up going to Christian school and all that stuff. And I wanted to, like, keep my faith. But then, yeah, but it did become a lot about, like, the right thinking and the right behavior, which was mission trips all the time, yeah. forever. Evangelism. Not, evangelism all the time. Initiative evangelism. <clears throat> yeah, being intentional and, like, and a big thing in crew, I don't know if it was for you this way, but they were, like, really into all of us getting involved in other clubs or things like that or, mm. like, sororities or sports or intramurals or whatever mm-hmm. so that we were, like, Get into the gospel out there, like twenty four seven. Yeah, I what? 
our chapter wasn't quite that. That was around. So, like there were people who like thought that. Yeah. For me, I was even. So I did theater a lot, like oh, growing yeah. up. So I'm a huge like Broadway kid. Uh-huh. Tonys are coming up June 9th. Everyone tune in. Okay. It's gonna be a good one. I'm you having a watch party, bro? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> am I having watch party, bro? <laughs> this is like we'll talk. This oh, is like boy. a character who like loves yeah. the Tonys but still wants but still to, has to cling on to his masculinity. Yeah, yeah, bro. Uh, There's actually a great sketch about that. If people watch the Tonys like they watch like the draft or something. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a great like YouTube sketch. Oh, you, uh, you think Hates Town's oh, gonna great. sweep this year, bro? Oh fuck! <laughs> he was wrong. Beetlejuice is washed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, so, so you were involved I, in. So I was involved music, in yeah. theater, and I actually felt like I needed to step away from theater so I could be like more holy. Was theater <laughs> an yeah. idol? It was an idol. Okay. It was my connection to like. Like negative things. Because we we've talked about that a little bit with other people who became actors or like went into <laughs> mm-hmm. entertainment who were strongly Christian. Where like it was sort of a double edged sword of like you really liked theater and you liked being on stage yeah. and people were like giving you more and more opportunity. Yeah. But then it was also like maybe you like the limelight a little too much, yeah. you know? Or like you're doing it for yourself and like yeah. your own fame. Yeah, and you're like. Intrinsically, yes. <laughs> so I don't know what to Actually, do. Actually, this is what I'm made to do. Yeah. So yeah, like kind really. of by I nature, like I have to be yeah. uh, have attention, and yeah. but I like it. Yeah, and so for a lot of people, it would like you have to play this game of like yeah. it's not, but it's for God. It's not really this. Oh, God. And, yeah, yeah. It was it was a thing. Plus, theater people are just just rabid. They are sinners. Yes, they are. yes we you know are. What happens we at are. a cast party? <laughs> I know, yeah. I'll give you two I've hints. Heard what happens. It, it's a lot of singing 525,600 <laughs> minutes Louise. and cuddling. <laughs> and too much Platonic touch. cuddling. Can anybody tell me where the lie is? Where is it? I don't, don't see it. See it. I'm looking. I see it L- nowhere. detective. Gosh, we had club cuddle in high school. Anyway, oh. we called I want to go wretch. I know. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, God. But you did theater mostly in college it sounds like high school high and school college. and college yeah, okay. yeah. so what I was were the involved. roles what, what were you yeah, starting what were the big parts? Ooh, yeah. footloose the musical <laughs> susical susical I, I, really? was, I was horton i was jojo oh and after about. after this podcast we'll do a live rendition of alone in the universe oh. featuring caroline oh, and darren and i'll cuddle with myself <laughs> <laughs> Just like high school, <laughs> somehow in the cu- club cuddle, <laughs> still he was the one. president and vice Member president and treasurer and secretary. <laughs> Kept the minutes, <laughs> all five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred oh of them. Oh, oh man, gosh, jokes yeah. are flying. Yeah, <laughs> they anyway, are um, flying. Okay, sorry. Well, what were your parts? Oh, you played oh, yeah. Horton. You played Did Horton. God, what else was I? I was in Urinetown the musical. Oh, yeah, Urinetown. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, Caldwell B. Cladwell, the villain there. I, I was in, gosh, Jekyll and Hyde in college. I was the Ooh. father of like Jekyll's like lover. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. So fun oh, the like famous that. father-in-law. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, famous father-in-law. father-in-law that one wasn't. I should have gone to high school. I had more leads. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did I go for that? Like, I, I played like, oh, yeah, a tree. I was the third uh, okay, tree so from big the credits. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was an extra. I was uh, a butler here. Um, anyway, 
That's great. Yeah. So you felt like you had to step away from it because it yeah, was like I had to step away from it. Away from and God. so around that time, I was processing my sexuality for the first time. Like I, I knew that I was attracted to men. And I guess if, for those of you who don't know, I'm bisexual. Uh, but I knew I was attracted to men in high school. Uh, oh. But I didn't really start wrestling with it too much. Like it was just kind of there in high school. Yeah. You know, like, but. Was part of it like, oh, but I'm attracted to women, so this is probably just yeah. Like it was kind of like, uh, if this is there, then this is like, I don't know. It yeah. is a very weird thing. It's a very weird road to walk down as it's a bisexual. Well, also like bisexual hasn't been like a thing <laughs> no. for a long time. Like people, I think, well, especially when we were growing up, it was like you're either gay or you're straight. Right. So if you weren't 100 percent either way, it was like so I, I'll I, just ignore one side. So I'd always say gay. I thought I was gay because like you're attracted to men, so like that's what that means. Mm-hmm. And but I always like knew that didn't fully fit even though it was also true it just was a weird thing so college I started like dealing like processing that and remember I'm in kind of like conservative kind of land so I found an online forum for uh, same-sex attracted Christians and I was a part of that ministry for like three-ish years Whoa. or so super active on these forums and the forum was from the perspective that this is yeah that this is thorn in your side that you need to get rid of this well is same like sex attraction gives it away <laughs> right. yeah, yeah they I never mean, say gay they yeah, never say yeah, yeah whatever yeah yeah, yeah. SSA. but that's it, like how i mean you you can explain this better yeah. but that's how like a lot of conservative christians explain like if you have a sexuality that isn't within heterosexuality, they're like, well, you have same-sex attraction, right? It's you know? something you have, not something, something you, you are. Exactly. It's a way to distance it's yourself. It's a behavior from it. you have that you can change. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. and so I was, and so the idea of this forum was, it was more kind of like a support forum. So it was mm-hmm. like people, like everyone was in the same boat there, and it was with the ministry, and it was actually really helpful because that was yeah. actually the first place to encourage me to like come out to my friends, which wow. who knew that like self-disclosure can heal you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. So they weren't, there wasn't very much uh, at the time, there wasn't much like, a, oh yeah, you can change and become ex-gay. I, I now know some people who went through the program that I was like attached to. They were kind of in the in-person ministry mm. who kind of had that experience. But from online, it was more just like, hey, don't like act out. I'm putting in air quotes. Act yes. out. Act out. Yes. And <laughs> It's such a like it's an such eighth a, grader who's yeah. like at a birthday party. Yeah, don't exactly. color on the walls now, son. That's what it don't feels act like. out. It's it was such an interesting like like sub 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 subculture yes, <laughs> on yeah. that forum because like there's rules like you couldn't share like any identifying information with anybody because they didn't mm. want you to like quote unquote act out with each other. So it was like SSAA. Oh my god! Yeah. So oh, that was it was like, anonymous. So we all had to keep handles. you from ever linking up with each other. Yeah, that sucks. Well, because otherwise it'd be like going to an AA meeting in a bar or something. Yeah, right? would it? It would have been in like way, I need though. a friend. <laughs> just, well, like yeah, talk to someone yes, in person. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean that's their mentality. I'm just like that sucks so bad. Like I you know. had to do this online because like if you got together, you're just gonna kiss. Well, and they had an in person <laughs> group that had rules where like you couldn't like give each other's numbers out. You couldn't like use last. Names. You had to use leather masks the whole time for little zippers for the oh mouth my holes. And, and that's where we get that kink. Yes. Yeah, it's weird how that It's from work. anonymity for our own purity. Yeah. That Isn't you that see wild? I mean, it's it's like, it's horrible, but it's kind of laughable too that like, yeah. just you're so drawn to each other that they had to make so many rules just to keep you from like oh holding hands or I something know. on accident because attraction is inevitable. Right. Um, it's It so, was a crazy time. Do you feel like there were moments in any of that discussion in that group that like helped you maybe 
become like embrace your identity more or like help you feel a little less alone or something. So I have a very complicated relationship with that time of my life because Mm -hmm. I see it as so necessary and it was so helpful when you grow up in a world where it's you're either gay or you're straight and the gay people are bad and they're likely going to do drugs and you know contract a disease and they're wild partiers yada 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 all these things. Because what time frame is this? This is I graduated high school in 2007. So okay, yeah, yeah. So this is you know I'm growing up in the early 2000s, kind of late 90s hearing about gay that's when my consciousness around what gay means is in the late 90s early 2000s and that i feel like this is gonna be in retro well it already is such like a weird tract of time Mm -hmm. to grow up in in terms of cultural norms and acceptances because even if it was like 10 years prior Uh it feels like homophobia was a little more like homophobia was so mainstream until like a a year ago it feels (laughs) like yeah and like way more (laughs) hateful and and stuff you see from the 80s and 90s in media and then just in the way it's communicated and fear-mongering stuff like reagan and the aids crisis and all that so it's interesting i feel like for kind of our generation to grow up in that tract of time where you definitely had gay friends or you knew about it and maybe there's a lot of stigma Mm -hmm. that was kind of eroded from it but at the same time, it definitely isn't even now in our lifetimes in 2019 where it is where it's like, let's contend with this in a serious way. And you actually do have to have like a certain amount of respect in public space that right. just wasn't demanded yeah. before. Yeah. And so uh, you probably <laughs> the joke I've made to Caroline before is like I went I because I, I get misoriented constantly. <laughs> like it happened a couple of days ago. A couple it's days like, ago. Oh, so you're gay, right? And it's and it always feels weird to correct. <laughs> well, someone you like, did slide into my DMs. I did. I did. <laughs> and and I said that is you what the gays do. <laughs> <laughs> you got his number, and these are the rules. Right. Um, <laughs> and it used to be a lot more loaded to get misoriented when I was growing up because it was like. You know, especially when you're a kid and and you don't even have, like, a full security in your own sexuality. But, like, (laughs) the older you get, it's definitely become less of a, like, uh, an insult or a pejorative. And now it's more like... Oh, they think I'm neat. Oh, they think I have good skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like. Good style and and a lot of opinions. Yeah, yeah. And probably intelligent and probably a good singer. And like a wide breadth of knowledge in various worlds. Yeah. I don't just care about sports. So early 2000s when it was happening for you in college, it does feel like kind of like a weird historical midpoint for a lot of that yeah stuff. it's I, yeah i sit in that middle ground for a lot of it. i mean uh, most of our generation does really yeah yeah and also it it's different like here in la and la was having a different conversation than wilburn and <laughs> you know 2000 <laughs> right and so like that's another thing to bring think about is like i was in kind of so at the time i was like in elementary middle and high school it was still like kind of a rural moving towards suburb kind of area. Mm-hmm. And so that transition happened over my lifetime. It became a full-fledged suburb. Yeah. But still, it was kind of, it just had those roots of yes. like, you know, the little small town. Mm-hmm. Which, where, where did you go to college, by the way? I went to the Georgia Institute of Technology. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. G- I- T. Just GT. Oh. There's no one. <laughs> Get out of here. Get her done. Yeah. Get her done. Um, but yeah, that was, it's interesting that you did kind of fall between. So you said you yeah. have a complicated relationship yeah, at that time. Because, because it, like, they encouraged me. And they were like, no, you need to have people who know all of you. That's I'm like, so cool. Wow, what yeah. a beautiful thing that I still tell people they need now. And, yeah. the still, and they held the same kind of like patience and space I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like that I still have to give people before they can come out. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be working with people when I'm pastoring someone who's queer. Like I have to give them all the space and time to work out whatever the hangups are that they need and not force them into anything, which this group allowed me to do, That's you know? So nice. Um I went to a conference with them, the uh the Exodus conference, if you guys have Ooh. heard Exodus of those. Ministries, yeah. Exodus, Exodus Ministries like now, yeah. which is it's yeah it, infamously yeah, yeah like, like messed up. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I mean it's done. It's done. Yeah. But I went to a conference with them and that was my first time just being around all like queer people and like where they knew who I was I knew where they were no one was worried what is the energy of that thing like because it's a it's a community gathering it's it's a weird energy (laughs) but like also suppression but also uh, that's our whole connection in a big way yeah yeah tell us what it's like I'm just guessing you're I mean you're hitting it it's weird (laughs) because so many some people come to it forced by their parents Mm. and are or forced like in having so much internal trauma around their understanding of sexuality and identity so like they're bringing that energy into the room there are some people because of that actually do really like dangerous and probably practice unsafe um things like uh you know sex with people they don't know unprotected Mm -hmm. not knowing status and you know like Mm -hmm. they're acting out quote unquote i like i don't know another language that's how they used to say it yeah need to to think about how to reorient that language they're just hooking up they're hooking up (laughs) yeah (laughs) at this conference so funny well like yeah in general amazing yeah Yeah. of course and but like also just like doing things like find meeting random people and Mm. you know like more unsafe sex practices you know like that we have a lot more consciousness in the queer community around now of how to like what protection is we have prep we have things that we can use for like safety um and so like you you have these people who are kind of doing these things that are kind of scary to everyone else are like oh my god that's the guy who went to that bathhouse that one time oh, or, you I know see. you see what i'm saying yes, like i see what you're saying of like they they actually do this they do that they, they like, fit the stereotype because level. of their trauma yeah. you know like and, this is such a sad analog yeah it is but it <laughs> must sort of feel like prison in a way because it's like everyone here is condemned by this like framework and everyone has like a different thing. Well, I'm doing time for this and I'm doing time for that. And that's the thing everyone has in common. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah. There, I, I, at least what you're saying where everyone in there has an understanding that they're condemned. Yeah. I wouldn't want to say prison like it's a place like, you know, there are bar- maybe there are like, you know, psychological bars around all of us. Maybe we can <laughs> yeah. do that. But it's that idea of we all know we're messed up. Mm-hmm. And so we assume that like we all share like this like deep sense of humanity in like a bad sense. Like humanity is a bad thing. Mm. And that was like the biggest like change I had to make was realizing that like, oh, my humanity is a gift from God and humanity is good. (laughs) Like this is a good thing. But even like if you want to go super literalist biblical, like humans were good before they were they were inherently sinful like our sure. original intent was goodness yeah um i don't necessarily follow all of that, that theology yeah. but like uh, even when you just look at the text the first thing it says about humans is that they are good they're good before yeah. anything else happens and yeah. so we have to reclaim that sense of goodness man that's that's like the i'm getting ahead a little bit but that's like the biggest thing i worked on now or changed now and i feel like it was the biggest thing i picked up when i was in crew was just like what is it abject 
sinfulness or whatever. Yeah, Depra- depravity. Total depravity. Yeah. yeah, total depravity. And like whatever I want, I have to question because it's probably bad yep. and probably misleading or whatever. And so, and that bleeds into everything in your yeah. life and everything. And so I can imagine like, let alone sexuality that's right. already like messy in Christianity and then condemned and then it's abject depravity yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, it, so, it, and then having to reclaim like it's beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. That seems wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yep. would be really tough. It's a thing. Yeah. And yeah, it really fits. So the narrative around sexuality really fits in with like kind of conservative, like totally depraved yes. mindsets, right? Yes. It's like it's the clearest like I don't know, incarnation of total depravity is that even my sexuality is inherently broken. Mm. So those go hand in hand. I know, I actually know quite a few um, very conservative, like gay Christians. And like, I don't get it. I've, cause I've had to do some different kind of work in seminary and uh, think through kind of like the implications of a lot of these things and pastorally, like there's a theological issue, there's a pastoral issue, there's an ethical issue. There's so many conversations that I've, I've had to put myself in to think differently. Yeah. Um, but it's actually very real. A lot of the queer community is still very theologically conservative because it just makes sense with the script they were handing with sexuality. Yeah. yeah. But would those conservative queer people identify as queer or as same-sex attracted? Oh, I'm talking the ones that would even identify as queer. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's like, very interesting. Like they're affirming of their sexuality with. at this point, mm-hmm. but they still maintain a very conservative framework, um, which mm. surprised me when I, because I did a lot of the framework stuff before I ever affirmed my sexuality. Right. So like I actually did a lot of theological work, and we can talk about this in a second, Yeah. kind of in the in the back, you know, back of my head, just kind of pretending I was the same person up front realizing that everything about how I was viewing God and the Bible and the world was shifting. And then I just, then I just kind of self-disclosed and allowed people to see that, oh, I'm actually different than you Mm -hmm. thought, you know? A lot of people do that self-disclosure first and accept that because they've learned that's what they need. Mm -hmm. And then there's still a lot of theology that hasn't kind of worked out (laughs) what it means. And I'm not saying that everyone's going to have my, like, theological progressivism or whatever you want to call it um, when they get to the other side of it. But a lot of people haven't done that theological work as well. Yeah. I feel like you must. Like, it has to catch up eventually because it just doesn't really fit. I I hope so. Yeah, or I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) I hope so. I agree. Yeah, you just always have this, like, cognitive dissonance, I think, about what you're doing in your head. But, you know, at the same time, this is what I do find lovely about, like, individual identity stuff is the idea that I think at least everyone in this room can agree on in the sense that nothing is binary mm-hmm. in any one way. Mm-hmm. So you see this in so many movements where monoculture doesn't really exist. So if you say, all gay people are like this, it's not quite true, right? Yeah. Like it's not, oh yeah, so you're gay, so this means X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. Yep. It's like, maybe it means that, or like sometimes more often than not, it would mean that. Right. But but there's still, I, to me, there's still something lovely about like the value of difference yeah. within that, and that individuals are still very much individuals. Yeah. I remember the first person to point that out to me was a straight pastor friend of mine, actually, when I was processing some, some shit that went down at my old church. Um, I remember as he was getting to know me and pastoring me well through a really difficult season and pastoring or like talking about my future and all these kinds of things, I've never forgotten. He said that gay Christians are not a monolith. And I was like, Mm. oh, 
you're right. I don't have to be anything to be a gay Christian. I can just be myself and be a gay Christian. Interesting. And that was, I get, this is like four years ago, and that was such a, a mind fuck, honestly. <laughs> that makes so much sense to me, though, because I feel like, uh, I don't know, like a lot of queer gay culture is presented as like, we are like this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's, it's a solidarity thing. Yep. Like, I think it's a survival thing yep. for everyone, and it makes totally. total sense. And it's great for comedy bits and <laughs> things <laughs> yeah, like exactly. that. And we love to laugh at trauma. Yeah, Nanette taught like, us that. how you like, yeah, you keep each other like connected and safe and we're like this. But uh, of course, there's a lot of people who are like, actually, I don't really love going to parties that right. much. Yeah. You know, it's so like, Ooh, I know so I many boring to. gays, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, like, I actually don't love Judy yeah. Garland. So I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, but I but I feel like I have to, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. so that must have been kind of nice to be like, oh yeah, I can oh, still yeah. be a gay Christian and also like be, be whatever of, the yeah, hell I be want a to be, bisexual Christian, right. or be whatever, and yeah, and I don't have to like fit either side. Exactly. So. Like I can be a white and not listen to Keith Urban. That's amazing, <laughs> yeah, and I'm so proud you. of you. You're very thank brave. You. Bro, are you even white? <laughs> Gosh, only barely. Extremely brave. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming out to us in that way. No, it's Thanks an for honor. trusting me. Uh, it's an honor. I feel honored with yeah. your story. I almost said because my go-to white was Taylor Swift, but oh. I didn't listen to a lot of Taylor yeah. Swift. You, you, and she's like and particularly like the ultimate, this week particularly problematic Taylor Woo, Swift. So. Baby. Wait, yes. what happened this week? Well, just, I mean, uh, not literally problematic, maybe just musically problematic. Oh, with oh the, yeah. The, 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 yeah. The me, me, or whatever it's no, called. No, the, the video, like, oh, Oh, what does she do? Oh, do we want to go there? I yes, want to go I there. Do you want to go there? I, just, I yeah. can talk about this all day. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> you kind America. of look at her new video that just came out. Yes. And it mirrors a lot of uh, Beyonce. Uh, uh, Homecoming? Is it Homecoming? Yeah, it was she, Homecoming. Well, right? they were talking about, yeah, at the Billboard the Awards. Billboard the Billboard Awards. Billboard Awards. Yes. There it is. She with had the, like a, a band come out, like a marching band. Yeah. Really? And it, like all even like the color scheme of like pink and like Yellow where she like and, yeah. it was just like one of those things where like uh, black Twitter, which is a beautiful thing that oh, I learned man. so much from. It was just like <laughs> our culture is not for sale. Like sorry, like you the can't things have it. you it can't just work. take whatever we do and then monetize it for your own benefit. I know it just feels <gasps> so tone deaf. I will say that like the side by side screenshots, it was like just like a uh, tsunami of black excellence versus like two Energizer bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> it, was. Snares. it was. It was. Oh man. It that was so like funny. you put them next to each other and like it's not the same. Oh, so boy. strange. That's yeah. funny. I, but, talk, I talked yeah. at length about this with my friend last night yeah. about like what is she doing? This color scheme is wrong. This aesthetic is bad. It's dated. It's weird. She should have done this. She should be country right now. Like yeah. we went on and on yeah. about it. Anyway, I mean, I who there. knew I could miss a snake? <laughs> but I do. I don't. Right now. I don't. It was such a misstep. Uh, I, no, anyway. Reputation is mostly good songs and like mm, a handful of bad what ones. You made me do. No. I, Delicate is one of her best songs Delicate's ever. Delicate's good. Yes. Yeah. But everything else. Uh, no, I think New Year's Day is great. I th- uh, we don't have time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is another I'm, episode. We'll I'm have more to of do. an Ari fan myself, though. That's I right. I get that. I'm on the spectrum from okay. Taylor to Beyonce. I'm at Ari. Okay. I'm Rihanna. Okay, well, the, you're Rihanna. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense because Ariana Grande, in a way, is every race. <laughs> <laughs> And it can kind of be conversing in all of them. She does kind of just, 
just manage. She can be a basic a white way. girl licking donuts and then and... throw her wig. I yeah, guess. that's right. <laughs> I'm snatched. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, but I'm not done with this. So Ariana Grande. Oh my god. I think I think she's like definitely one of the, if not the most talented like singer right now mm-hmm. of our time. She's amazing. All of her music is great right now. I love it. I do think she's maybe a bad person. <laughs> she is I, anyone and I'm not a bad about person? As a fan, oh, shut up, Kevin. Um, I'm talking about, <laughs> but like, <laughs> let me play devil's advocate. Shut up over there. No, no. Um, but do you think maybe she is like a bad friend? This is the impression I have of her. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't want to believe it about her. Okay. But also, let me tell you why I love Ari. Because she... Thank you, um, Kevin. Bless you. Good job. Bless you, Kevin. Good job. Um, God will surely bless you and your children. I'm like the gimp engineer that can't speak but plays whatever you need me to. (laughs) Um, But she actually was on Broadway before and was trained uh, to be a Broadway singer before she went into this. Mm -hmm. And she did a lot of work uh, with my favorite Broadway composer, Jason Robert Brown. Brown, oh, okay. who she was on this show she was in a show called 13 worked with Jason Robert Brown he was that. her voice coach is he oh. the guy who did last five years yes oh isn't he problematic is he he got sued for that show oh yes <laughs> for yes. like defamation I, stuff yeah defamation I'll stuff I'll save it for the Tony Watt yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no he yeah well that's a whole nother yeah. conversation but anyways he's like my one of my favorite composers right now I see and like he'll do shows and one time he did a show and he brought Ari out as a surprise wow. and everyone got a surprise Ari concert singing yeah. Broadway songs and I think it didn't my well heart. yeah this is well this is also part of it too is like she is such a theater kid yeah. at heart and so when she turns off like I'm the coolest bitch in the world <laughs> and then it's just like yeah listen to me <laughs> that, that's when I'm like Gosh. Fair, fair. Too much. Too I, much. I concede your point. You can That's see why my she's point? every okay. race. But, I, <laughs> yeah. but I, I'm just curious, like, yeah, how you love her and then also be like, but you're, you kind of shirk responsibility sometimes. <laughs> but also, I think she's amazing. Like, she ha- she's like always been a big advocate for the queer community mm-hmm. and she's like getting people to register to vote at her mm-hmm. concerts. And yeah. of course, like, the Manchester thing happened with yeah. her and she like figured out how to do yeah. that gracefully. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, it didn't she, happen to her. It happened to all the children that died there, not her. But anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to I mean, it's, just, it's the conversation around like literally everyone is problematic except for Beyonce. I actually don't think she's problematic I in the least bit. I don't think there but, is. But like no. there, we don't have anyone that we love that doesn't, that isn't problematic. And that's just the reality. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think we need to embrace that more too. And I'm yeah. a big advocate of like everyone. Like everyone should be. I'm not saying she's problematic. I'm just saying she's. I don't know. Not Being a bitch to your friends nice. is kind of problematic in my book. <laughs> like, problematic you know. feels so political. This yeah. is just like I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, problematic feels like a value judgment that is. Uh, it's like whether someone deserves platform or right. voice or not, yeah. Yeah, or if they're and ethical like, or something. Yeah, and yeah. being like a bad friend isn't necessarily. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah this is petty. Yeah. Like it's low hanging. Whatever. It's I'm hard. just gossiping. Like, should she have her albums take? <laughs> like, let's burn. In our CDs, yeah, but like Ariana didn't respond to the text or something. Like, uh, she can ruined you imagine? my. She made my New Year's party about her. <laughs> and I think that is like the uh, this. This is like the shift in like 
how we see like rock heroes and musical heroes and stuff too. Because before it was like rock and roll is dangerous. Like Jerry Lee Lewis killed a guy and married his twelve year old cousin, and <laughs> and uh, Keith Richards snorted cocaine off of dead sex workers in hotel rooms. And now it's like. Ariana's kind of a bitch. Right? <laughs> like like it's gone weird. from like actual be. crime and like prison and jail time to like yeah, well, oh she's a petty. Yeah. Well, she also did the, like the the Japanese tattoo that was you know yeah, like didn't actually mess. say. The, so you know like it's people get shit wrong and yeah. you know I get if people want to cancel her for that like that's particularly offensive to certain communities and yeah. people but. You know, anyway, everyone's at there's plenty of things you can cancel me for, I'm sure, if we looked hard enough. So, I think so. I was, I was scrolling through your old Twitter looking for tweets that were cancelable worthy. So, let's be queer. You, you, you love, do you Ariana. say let's be queer? I, said, I, heard, I did on accident. I, I, I meant that. to say let's be clear. It sounded like you hesitated. I appreciate that. I, don't you want to let's be clear? Don't you want to hear a podcast hosted by Barack Obama where he talks about leaders in the LGBTQ community called, called Oh, let me be queer. <laughs> Let me be clear here. <laughs> That's it. The long road. I, <laughs> no, all right. It feels a little bit like a sympathy laugh okay, coming I, from my I, lips. I feel like I burned him earlier, and I'm trying to give him something. Oh come on! That's worse. <laughs> you. Second service is the part where we fight. <laughs> where we fight a lot. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to Darren's story. Yeah, Darren, let's talk about <laughs> that's you. That's what we were talking yeah, about. That's right. Wow. I don't even remember how that came No, up, we were talking about know. Exodus stuff. <laughs> we were talking about how did Ariana Grande... Anyway, yeah. Okay, so we we'll... We accepted to we'll... Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, after college, so I actually like stepped out of that world myself. I entered it myself just because like, again, I just knew what was the right thing yeah. is not be gay. And then yeah. I was like, it's kind of weird that all these people talk about is sexuality. It's like their life is one dimensional. It's the whole thing. And so I was like, I'm going to like live the rest of my life, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just, a, you know, just kind of went along. And so I went on staff at a church when I graduated. So fun fact, wow. I have an engineering degree. Wow. Uh, I'm oh from my Georgia gosh. Tech. This and so, of course, I went and became an apprentice to a college pastor <laughs> oh, right no. out of college. Oh, boy. Because why wouldn't Why one, wouldn't right? you do that? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, but it was a church that I found a lot of belonging in. And I, I loved. They weren't as intellectually focused as crew. It was a very... Um, I would say kind of moving out of my, the headspace and intellectualizing all faith and moving into more experiential and kind of emotional kind of things. It was, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of a charismatic bent to it and okay, yeah. uh, some worship culture. It's a little church yeah. that uh, where the song that you may have heard of, Good, Good Father, came from. Yeah, <laughs> they wrote that song? Yeah, our, oh, our okay. worship pastor and our like right. house band, House Fires, wrote that song. And Ooh, I'm imagining, by the way, this like emotional intellectual spectrum, the two totems of which being on the emotional, experiential, kind of charismatic, on the, on that far end, you have Hillsong. And then the far intellectual, it's like Dr. John Piper or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it feels like, I feel like John Piper could do an Ask Pastor John about like yes. why reckless love is bad or something. Yeah. I think he did you know, that. He probably did. <laughs> he probably did. But you know what that also like reminds me of? Like it's almost kind of a male-female spectrum too. Like mm. at least I felt that way in college too. Like the the men in the crew thing were so into John Piper and Francis Chan. And like the women were reading that too, but they were doing other stuff and mm-hmm. were into like, I don't know, who were the women that are that were big? Van Camp. Beth Moore. Beth Moore, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The one who like writes very poetic prose, and she has like, a Dutch-sounding name. V- Emily Van Camp? No, from it's Revenge? not that. Someone's, someone knows it out there. But anyway, like I, my friends were reading that stuff and Reckless Love and uh-huh. like that stuff. And Voskamp. No. And Voskamp. That's yeah, yeah. what it is. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yes. I was like, wait. And Voskamp <laughs> and like various things. And then the guys were like hardcore, really into yeah. Calvinism and like really loved that stuff. And... Uh-huh. It's just so interesting, like how those kind of bled into each other, and also were like on that spectrum yep. a little bit. Well, yeah, as a as a young man, as a young man fresh out of college, do, were you craving more emotion or rules? That's that's really interesting. I think I was qu- craving less rules. Yeah. yeah, I was craving emotion. I was craving I don't know uh, more of life than just like thinking and being right. I don't. Yeah. It just I don't know. Like I just yeah. got. It, it gets tired after a while, um, unless you're certain personality types. You know, some people can do that forever. Mm-hmm. I am not that personality mm-hmm. type. So after a little season in that, I'm like, mm, deuces, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, what's funny is I still like assumed that that was the right way to think when you did engage that way. I just wanted to engage that way less. And so it was really my journey of starting to pastor and be around people who thought differently. Our pastors were much more diverse theologically uh, than I'd ever experienced before in pastoral Mm. leadership. And um, I started to get into real pastoral conversations with people about their actual lives, not like this, like sitting from, you know, behind and just like dictating what people do without thinking about how it affects their lives. It's like, this is a real conversation around, 
um, like someone who was thinking about going independent from his parents as a college student because they wanted him to kind of come home and live in this like family oriented Christian community with lots of rules. And Mm. he was like, that's, I want to get a degree and I want to have like some independence. And so now if you were to take the Bible super literally in there, you probably would be like, no, you should be with your family. Because you must obey your parents. Right. You must obey Uh your parents. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you know, the, that whole culture is so weirdly obsessed with the family unit looking, you know, with like two or three kids and a mother and a father, right? And so to uphold that is upholding scripture somehow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so even if it's not about obeying your parents, you must uphold family structures. Yes, fam- and the family is the focus foundation on the family. of the church. I was extremely the- focused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that yeah. funny how so, the family, it's still like, I mean, the family's important, but it's, right. yeah, it's like idolized. It's so idolized. Yeah. And so like the actual pastoral conversation looked like, what is what is happening in your life? What do you need for your whole life? What are your parents asking? Is mm-hmm. this fair for you? Is this uh, fair to them that you're making this decision or having these conversations? Like, that's real pastoral work. Yeah. And then, okay, now in light of that, how do we move forward? Yeah. And so, just nothing can be super intellectualized, right? Yeah. Um, when it, it comes down to in you know in between you and one other person, mm-hmm. and so between that and again, just seeing it was super helpful in that church seeing some pastors like read more broadly. I heard some of them read Rob Bell. <gasps> <laughs> I know. I just had to pause for dramatic I effect. I just peed myself. <laughs> we often reminisce about how that was like. Oh my god! The either like the most controversial thing or the worst thing you I could know. possibly. I feel like do. it was like kind of underground like, thing. Like you know, this guy's kind of a whack job, but like I don't know, something in here is kind of helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like that wasn't that wasn't like necessarily kosher at our church, if you will. Mm-hmm. But like. The pastors were, were reading like, it anyways. Yeah, they wanted you know? to like take in the opinion. Yeah, and we're <laughs> people were listening to Brian Zond preach, which he became my favorite preacher for like two years. Uh-huh. I loved him, and which just opened me up to new voices theologically, which then opened me up to like, oh, maybe everything I thought about sexuality isn't right. And well, now I'm mentoring this queer student, and I can't like in good conscience say like, oh yeah, suppression. It's really going to work out well for you. That's an interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to give him advice that. Right. You Yourself, like right, exactly. And this was a student I had been in relationship with before. Like we were, he knew that I was also queer, and Mm -hmm. but like you know, like we knew that we had similar stories. And I was, I at one point, uh, I just got to the point where I could no longer say like, yeah, you should just keep doing the same things we've been talked about. Wow, Um, we've been talking about actually, just stay in, stay in community, like stay connected to people. Mm. And I just believe God is big enough to like work this out the way that it needs to be worked out. And like, I trust you. And I was like, go on this date. And this is like, and I had never done that for myself. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and and I'm like, yeah, just do this, you know, like (laughs) super pastoral and authoritative. Uh And and then he leaves the coffee shop and I'm like, what was that like for that student? Were they like, what are you telling me to do right now? Or were they like, thank you? (laughs) I think they were just, thank you. They're like, okay. You know, like there was, it wasn't. I don't think I had such like an authoritative place in their life where they would only do what I said. Mm-hmm. Like it was very much just a mutual relationship of working this out, just recognizing I was a pastor, That's you know? Cool. Yeah. That um, is so powerful too. And yeah. I can't imagine when you're in that queer <laughs> space as well. Just have someone with a modicum of authority say, 
I think you're fine. Yeah, like, like, just, I know, Just right? honestly, that that's affirmation of like, yeah. I think you're okay. Yeah. It's happened a few times to me where it's just like, I am. And, it, and it's, it, 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 it's such a yeah. shift. I, I think people take that for granted. Yeah. Yeah. How much that relation can back to Kirk Cameron calling connect yeah how much that relationship can dictate belief yes yeah. yeah in that sense and and like I've heard this mentioned at New Abbey too of like kind of sometimes you just need that person at authority to give you permission even mm-hmm. though you shouldn't you know like you should be able to decide that for yourself eventually but like yep. you still really crave someone yeah who and, taught you to be like, it's okay. And I, I actually had, like, for me to fully... Imp- so, like, at that point, I realized my theology was different. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, like... Oh, there it is. And <laughs> I was like, and that was, like, the first time, like, it was, like, out there. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, but, uh, and it was, you know, like, I dated a woman after that who I really loved. And, and I thought that I would actually be able to not have the conversation. So, there was that whole thing, this, like, weird space that bisexual... Uh, people operate in of like maybe you and I think a lot are not forced to have the conversation about what it means and I just realized it was still killing me from the inside out especially in as a pastor in a space that would could demean other queer people or could oppress other queer people like it was just it was eating me up inside that I wasn't working that out in my actual life and integrating myself. Were you um, afraid at all that you would be kicked out? Did you lose your job? Oh, that yeah. parents would get mad at you? Like all that Spoiler stuff? Spoiler alert. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Okay. A couple of those happened. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, anyway, so like that happened and I start going on and, that was when I really started theologically diving into like, what do the texts actually say about sexuality? And the clobber passages. The clobber passages. Some people call them. Yeah. Yes, and coincidentally, that's what I'm teaching this afternoon is teaching about the clobber oh, passages no to a group of queers, actually. Cool. So it's oh, going to yeah. be pretty fun. Yeah. Did you read that um, book uh, about it? Which one? Declobbered. Unclobbered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colby Martin. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. Anti-clobber. That was a really, I think mm-hmm. I've talked about it before, but that was a really helpful book of like, if you want to go down, down that road and you can go down a road of interpretation of like, man, I don't care, whatever. Yeah, right. Or yeah. you can do the thing of like, okay, let's play the game. Yeah. If abomination means this, then this means this. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Yeah. and do the math of it. But oh, yeah. yeah. I so, think it's kind of like sweet how all of us in this room and, and across the world eventually are like, <laughs> I don't want to believe that anymore. And so I'm just going to go hunt down. Yeah. Like, there has to be somewhere written another way yeah. to believe. And like, uh, mine was like five years ago. I was just like, gay Christian okay <laughs> and then it gay was gay Christian okay feet did you ask Jeeves that yeah I did uh-huh. and Jeeves came back with a lot of material and I was like let's get into it and start reading about it but it was friends of mine who like helped me you know begin to undo that and You're think welcome. it's okay and it yeah. wasn't you but no, okay. thank you anyway yeah. <laughs> we all had to come out to each other as queer affirming Christians yeah it's actually a real yeah thing. kind of yeah because I know people like, who still can't do that I think it might be okay <laughs> yeah I literally know like closeted just affirming straight people in the south <laughs> yeah. and like oh, it's a yeah. very real thing it is a real thing and it's like out here it's so funny yeah like uh, you know like context is everything friends Seriously. like yeah. we're just having I'm able to have different conversations because I'm here now totally. than when I was in Atlanta yeah Georgia even yeah. in 2019 you know but I, but I think it's changing there too. I mean, I don't know. I'm speaking of it, but I was just thinking of a. We happened to talk to a listener in one of these episodes who is in, I think, 
Atlanta or in Georgia. Those are the same place. Oh, um, he was but talking about his church. Yeah. yeah, but he was talking about his church and he was like, you know, a lot of people think the South is still really mm-hmm. backward and like really anti-gay or whatever. But in my church, we're currently like changing our theology mm. to allow for queer people and like we're doing it together and everyone's on board and it's been contentious, but uh, we're like figuring it out. I know in my yeah. heart, I was just like, Okay, that's so good to hear. Yeah, like, yeah, I really yeah. want to hold on to it because it, it can feel like, oh, well, in LA, we're isolated. We're right. we feel safe to talk about it, and we can right. do it. in like those poor people out there, yeah. or whatever. But a lot I of know people, yeah. Two great churches in Atlanta that I love that are affirming now: um, Vinings Lake Church and Park Avenue Baptist. Check like, out. yeah, check them out. Yeah. I've never been to either one of them. I just know people, and some of my old students now go to both of those churches. Cool. Yeah, and I'm like, well, those are the spaces. That's where it is in Atlanta right mm-hmm. now. So yeah. if wow. you need that, just want to put. Passed on church clarity. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. PSA. <laughs> church clarity. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so you were dating yeah. people and then figuring this out. Yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. working, you know, it's just all a hot mess. And then when you're a pastor, <laughs> and then I was college pastor, and it's a relatively large ministry, you know, like, it's like, it feels everything is so public and so urgent. And so, and so like, I'm like retreating from like like people in public, like Mm. really like doing my duties and then like in my bedroom, like just like hiding, you know, and working out my life. And, um, I kind of go through that process. And eventually I start telling some of the people on my staff that I'm affirming. Most of them knew Mm -hmm. that this was a part of my life, a part of a conversation we had had, but they knew that I was not affirming. Um, not all of them, but most of them. And I started telling some people on staff that I was affirming and just a couple months after that started happening, I was basically told I was no longer going to be able to stay at this church. Um, How? Like in any capacity, not just like working there. Uh, ju- uh, just working there. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They're How'd like, they tell this, you that, or who told you? Um, the the lead pastor. Yeah, just over a breakfast as one does. Oh, <laughs> no. Just drop that on you. Yeah, and it was. Oh, did and, it surprise you? Or and the answer is yes and no. It's interesting because yeah. I like. I knew like instinctively that me starting to tell people that my theology was shifting meant something about what I was able to do here, Mm. but I didn't. And so like, I felt that anxiety probably Mm -hmm. for those two months in between when I started sharing with some people and that, that conversation, you know, but I didn't know. Like I knew, but I didn't want to know, but I knew maybe they just will talk to me about it. And I was already planning on like leaving and coming to finish my master's at Fuller anyway. So like I had already had some like plans. I just had like uh, uh, to move out here. And so, but I wasn't, did not want to leave quite yet. And Mm. uh, they actually said that like, you can stay here for the next year and like make your plans to leave. Um, which is again another complicated time in my life because, Weird. like, I said yes by the way. Oh boy! And so you, <laughs> oh babe, yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I'll, I'll receive a hug later. Ouch! Wow. Yeah. Oh. So that year, just knowing a no, I spent I spent one more year there. Oh man! And it was probably like like the hardest year ever. Also, one of like the best years ever. Because what it allowed me to do is like integrate myself into my friend group and start coming out to people mm. and like all these people that like m- I got to do the work with the people that I love instead of just like running away. Yeah, and that's so, a good point. Yeah. And I also got somewhere. to like, I mean, to their credit, they uh, some of the pastors at the church gave me a lot of space to like challenge them and to bring up my hurts with them. And they did not do it perfectly. But they did give me space, and so I was able to leave with some measure of, 
I don't just hate the guts and want these people to die, you know? Um, Like, I was able to leave with some measure of reconciliation. I mean, it came at a cost. I mean, that's a pretty traumatizing year, to to be honest, of, like, being in a space that, you know, you're technically fired from, that that you know, like, if you were any more open and out, that you would be fired, like, immediately, like, you have to stay under, you know, like... Wait, just, so you were still working for them technically? Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, but it was not like, te- but you like have completely. a time bomb going yeah. down for yeah, yeah. you. Have like, a year this is to coming. Leave. Yeah, yeah. That's a long time they gave you. It was. And it's very strange. There's some, but there's I want to give them a little credit. But it's so strange. I know. It's see, it's complicated, <laughs> it's so right? Complicated, it's none of this yeah. stuff is easy. Because they could have the, done a horrible. Even a worse thing would just be like, get out now, pack your stuff, totally. and don't come back. Yeah, and they gave me that option. If they're like, if that doesn't feel good to you to stay, then leave. Like. Wow. That's what's so tragic about a lot of this stuff, though, is because it's not the pretense of love. It's actual love that mm-hmm. they wanted to communicate to yeah. you and give to you. And, okay, this is difficult. I believe this. You believe that. And granted, my belief dictates like a value judgment on this big part of you and your <laughs> life. But, yeah. e- but even yeah. so, it's not an insincere love on their part. It's just like you can call it confused misguided Mm -hmm. obviously problematic or incomplete (laughs) but it's not insensitive so it's almost like it's almost like when you talk about like do you love your grandpa yeah i love him is he racist yeah he's kind of racist you know (laughs) or it's like yeah but it doesn't make his love for me insincere so it is messed up to navigate that stuff it's so hard and it's yeah you can just get into all sorts of mind mind loops about what does it mean what does it not (laughs) mean and and there's some like details that make sense for it to be like a a year-long stay like there's like there's a role i was doing something i was starting they wanted me mm-hmm. to finish like you know there's some more like pieces to this and those are some reasons i said yes is because i wanted to like finish out the things that i had started doing at this yeah. church yeah, you know yeah the students you know so like it was it it just it's never easy whenever yeah. someone says any of this stuff is easy it's not. No. <laughs> and it's not simple either. It's super complicated um, to do it thoughtfully. Now, you could just rip the Band-Aid off and, like, I could have, like, in that moment just gone on, like, Facebook and Twitter, like, I'm gay, bitches. Like, <laughs> I'm out. See you in <laughs> California. I'll have a six-pack, blonde hair, and be tan in uh, one year. Maybe two. One we're year. two and we're, like, you know, we're, we're like, close. 1.3 out of three. Tony watch party. When you started to come out to your friends, Did anyone surprise you by embracing you? And we're like, cool, no problem. Yeah, honestly, at that point. So remember I said I kind of retreated for a while. Well, I like found the people who I knew were like finding religion and Christianity problematic. (laughs) And so like they had become my friends. So a lot of them still like uh, were on the journey with queer kind of theology and understanding that just because it's so in the culture in the South. It's so, so there. I don't know how to describe it. Even non-religious people. Mm. Um but nobody, I actually received uh, like no hate <laughs> from any of my oh. friends. There are some people who were, I think, hurt a little bit that we hadn't like gone down this journey longer and more openly. Mm. Um, but no, no one blamed me for that. They just like wish that they had had that opportunity with me. Mm. And so, yeah, most of my friends by the, that I, that I had by the time I was coming out, like were all chill and you know, yeah. great and That's nice. super helpful during that time. I mean, I would literally 
not be like a healthy person today if I didn't have the kind of friends I had back then. Yeah. Um, I would be an extremely unhealthy, traumatized in that corner, like just like, you know, rocking. Like, (laughs) you'd still be here, but you would just be be in that corner. That Uh, corner specifically. With a mic. (laughs) With a mic and crying as I talk about this. What about family stuff? How did that affect it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Family is. it wasn't a huge deal to my family. Like there wasn't, I, I, it's not easy for them, but there isn't, they're not super religious in that way. Remember? So like Mm. they don't, they're not holding to any moral high grounds of like, you're going to hail or anything like that. (laughs) Um, and so my older brother is gay and I think that was a harder, his coming out story. I was young when it happened. He's five years older than me. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't like fully like, conscious of everything happening. Mm. I'm sure I'm internalized. I've internalized some stuff from then, but I think that was a harder coming out process. And so by the time that I finally was having the conversation with them, they like, they knew what to do and what not to do, you know? And so I think some of it's hard for them, but then they also, they're like, but I always will love you, support you and I'll fight for you, all that kind of stuff. So it's just hard for them being in a, again, it's just in Southern culture um, for it them just, yeah, to, it's like, a, it's like a foreign thing yeah. maybe for them. Oh, so, so it's like, so foreign. I know this is a bad analogy, but if suddenly you were like, actually I am uh South African and I have been this whole time and they're mm-hmm. like, well, I just don't know what that's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. so like, okay, yeah. but what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So <laughs> is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah. maybe, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, so it's, um, yeah, so they're fine. Like, they're accepting mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it just is always hard to do that process of self-disclosure, even if you know they're not going to, like, hate you. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the thing. They don't, you don't have to be a hateful, conservative person for anyone to be afraid to come out to you. Sure. You just, uh, you just have to have a relationship, and uh, changing relationships is is hard, and it's scary. Yeah. Changing, like, how we relate to each other. Yeah. Yeah, so. and of course, the family ones where they've known you literally all your life. Literally. Mm-hmm. Are the most difficult by far. Yep. You can make pivots, and, like, especially the more recent the relationship yep. is, the more kind of, like, pivots and moves yeah. you can make. But then, like, friendships are, like, six or seven years old. Yep. And say... Oh, yeah. The long, the, the longest friends were the hardest. Yes! I was like, the longer I've known you, the less I want to come out to you. <laughs> Is that funny? Yeah. yeah. Where it should equal intimacy, but it actually just calcifies into, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, weird malaise of apathy and, discu- and just comfort sometimes. Like, yeah. too much comfort, yeah. so you don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. So how did you, you end up uh, becoming a pastor as you are now? Oh, God. Um... So I moved out here uh, two years ago, actually. Like, this is recent. Okay. Is, yeah, this is recent. Okay. So two years ago, I r- arrived out here, um, and I was at Fuller Seminary. Um, I took a summer. I R. got R. here P. for a summer. <laughs> yeah, RIP. <laughs> in several ways. Oh, it's moving. Yeah, it's not RIP. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's alive and well. Um, my husband, Nate, goes there right now. Oh, really? Yeah, That's so fun. he got his master's in theology there, and now he's doing the MFT. Ah, okay. Yeah, so might see him around. All right. Yeah. I'll look out for him. Uh-huh. I'll wave. Oh, wait, no, you're done. You're not going but anymore. But I'm there at the coffee shop but all the time, okay, so okay. if he drinks coffee, I'll see him. He doesn't, so I'm sorry. Okay, well, I won't see your husband. He doesn't drink coffee, does he? Really, no. I just I noticed that. That was weird. Oh, wow, that's sad. How unobservant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we are in a, those, we have a difficult marriage. Yeah. All those missed antioxidents, you know, like, that's it's a missed insane. opportunity. That's for, his number one fault. He's I think like, I'm sleepy. Yeah. Well, there's, like, well, there's a fix for that. <laughs> <laughs> you 
skin change it. <laughs> Two years ago, uh, you yeah. come out. So I move out here, that. go to Fuller. I take a summer just to like, like whatever church. Didn't do anything. Just cool. like I'm just living my own damn life. Um, Is and, that nice? Oh, it was so great. I went to the beach like twice a week. I hiked yes. like twice a week. You were thriving. <laughs> I was I was living my best life that summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I was like, all right, now I've got to like get this master's. And so I finished my master's and. Uh, started going to New Abbey right at the end of that first summer out here. Mm-hmm. I found it beautiful. Was your church. goal in mind to still be a pastor eventually? Not at all. Oh, no. it was just like I, I want to like, learn and figure this out. I was considering doing PhD to become a professor. Oh, so I was okay. like, well, at least I can train the next generation of pastors to like think mm-hmm. healthily about the Bible. Oh, you'd be such a fun um, professor, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought too. You'd be, be people bring fave. snacks yeah. and Absolutely. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, Professor Snacks is back at it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Professor Snacks. <laughs> you can call me that. So, <laughs> so uh, I would for, like that nickname. For context, uh, New Abbey Church is a church in the Pasadena area. Pasadena. That. Uh, how long has it been around? Probably around six years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is a. It's explicitly queer affirming. It's yep. co-pastored by a straight white man and a queer woman of color. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, Caroline's God. thumbs up. <laughs> you're, you're, oh. Killing it. Yeah, but they were, but that was an important dynamic because my what I promised myself is I would not go to a church where half of the pastoral staff wasn't um, elite, weren't either women, people of color, or queer people. Mm-hmm. I was like, I get like. I get you just had to have at least two of the three of those in there for half of the pastoral staff. It's very specific. I know um, what you're saying though, because like, I'm giggling because I'm thinking of churches I've gone to and then like we'll screen crap the like screen cap. I said screen crap. Screen. Yeah. I will screen crap it is all a crap. over. Screen crap. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like just like the about us. Meet the staff. Yeah. And it's just like a White. beautiful melange of White families. Five straight whites. Caucasians. Yeah. And then and mostly, all, all the women are men. coordinators yeah. and administrators <laughs> and somehow. directors, uh, maybe. Directors. She's an office manager. God. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Drives me insane. So, yeah, like that dynamic, I was like, I, I just, I was not going to go to a church that didn't have a ton of diversity on the pastoral staff explicitly yes. there. Because you can say we're egalitarian or we're affirming or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then it, somehow you still manage to have just a lot of white dudes doing the yeah. same thing. Doing same thing. Can I tell you, like, my first impression when I went to New Abbey yeah, yeah. was Corey came out and I was just like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Like, back here. I was like, so pissed. This tearing, killing ass motherfucker. And I was like, I know this guy. I've seen him everywhere. And I was just like, I was like so shut down. And then he started talking and I liked him. And then also, um, what's her name? Britt. Britt came out yeah. too. And I was just yeah. like, all right. All right. Back. All right. We're I'm back in back. the game. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I don't know if I've told Corey this, but I like avoided Corey like explicitly for like five months of going there. Yeah. Because like he, I did not want to talk to him. Because he felt like the guys yes. you knew in old church. He yes. looks yes, like he right? could bully you. Yes. <laughs> He has a very like. I love you, Corey. I know you love us. I know it's all like surface stuff or whatever. Totally, and even just like his energy is very like. Yeah, you were probably just like handed a leader position at birth, you know, at whatever church you were in, (laughs) and just like charismatic and like funny and loud and you know, like the right hair. And so it was. It was. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. I don't have any. uh, She has no feelings about this at all. 
I'm not bitter at all. But like I because because of that dynamic though, like again, it's all surface. It's all the you know that kind of stuff. I just was like, I don't want to talk to this dude. That's um, so funny. And I like talked to Brit immediately, and we got a beer like one week later. <laughs> um, and so and then I was like, so I'm going to like let Brit be my pastor. <laughs> and I'm going to bring my friends here and I'm going to have like, yeah, it's just going to be great. And that's what we're going to do. And yeah. um, so I started, but I like, I, I mean, it was fantastic. Corey is fantastic. He's been the person who's probably offered the most like support in my healing journey of like coming back around to being a pastor. And mm. he's the one that like called it out in me when we finally did actually like have a conversation. I was like, <laughs> I guess I won't avoid him today, <laughs> you know, like six Thanks months later. Day. I can do it. I can do <laughs> or it. Four I can or five months later. I don't know. Oh it's fine. Uh, and, and he, he said, you, I think and he was like, I heard you were a pastor before. Tell me about that. And so I mm. told him about that. And he's like, well, my goal is I think that everyone who needs a new Abbey should be able to find one. And I want to plant more churches. And I'm mm-hmm. looking for people in our community who like are, who embody the values of our church to lead those communities. What do you think? And I was like, panic attack, see you later. Absolutely, <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I like played it cool. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, that's uh, really interesting, Corey. I'm really glad <laughs> you're talking to me you. about this. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go now. And then I like... I like had a call like everybody. I'm like, oh my god! I just had this conversation. Because I have so you many have to feelings. Just jumped out of the frying pan. I right? know, <laughs> and but like, there's something right about it as well. Because yeah. as I was even going there, I was like, God, I always wanted a community that felt like this. Mm. And as I've been in there, I'm like, I wonder if one day I'll be able to lead a community like this. Still thinking I'm on this PhD route, um, and so like it, it resonated. And that's what was a scary part. If it didn't feel right, it wouldn't have been scary, right? Yeah. And so I, because it felt there was something very instinctual there, um, I was like, well, let's, let's talk in a month or so, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked it out with my friends and therapists and just started going down this path. And he gave a very long discernment period. We spent an entire summer kind of discerning if this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and, and see, like, if he even is like, well, I also need to see if, like, I want to work with you. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if I'm going to say, like, you oh, need to be a pastor <laughs> yeah. of the church, that the first church that we're planting, like, I need to trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went down that journey together and uh, with Britt and now my co-pastor, Chris Lopez, who's a fantastic human. Um, and we're planting a church in North Hollywood, New Abbey, North Hollywood. We're yeah, meeting. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're meeting every week now. It's oh, this episode like, is brought to you by <laughs> New Abbey, North, North Hollywood. Hollywood. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we meet cool. every okay. week as a core group. I mean, it's like people who are wanting to like be the, the kind of the engine of the church or okay. the rowboat, if you will. Okay. That's what we always say at New Abbey is we're not a cruise ship. We're a rowboat and we need, we need everybody to be participating in this because it's your diversity, what you bring to the table that makes, um, us who we are. Mm. Um, and there are people who are coming out of traumatized spaces and churches. And like, if you need to lie on the deck and let us row for you for a while, please do that. And that's what I did. Like, but when you're ready, it's who you are that's going to be the engine of our church, yeah. Um, which I think is beautiful. Yeah, it's um, a nice way to put it. And so, you don't have to yeah. be especially qualified. You're yeah, just who you are is helpful. You're who you are. Mm-hmm. Who you are, and all of your queer glory, or your female glory, or yeah. <laughs> black glory, or Asian glory, whatever that is. Like that is what we need at our church because we're missing something without you. Mm. You're just a different shade of the divine. And I think it's a really interesting space too, in which, of course, growing up as we all did in church communities where 
the ones who are thriving uh, are kind of me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, you're Corey types. So it's like kind of charismatic and a white guy and whatever. So it's it's so funny uh, to like visit and enter into a space where I think the people that are most empowered is like, you see a lot of queer people who don't have to hide themselves in any way or like dissolve parts of themselves. You see a lot of women that people are not going to tell to be quieter mm-hmm. in any meaningful way. Or like, like dress more modestly. Yes. Uh, so it's like, yeah. so like it's weirdly, uh, it's almost like the straight white man is not a minority in the church, but it's not like the foremost like yeah. well, it's face been, or logo of it. It's been decentered, right? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's, that's the that's thing a good is way that we're it. no longer saying that this is the center of faith mm-hmm. and yeah. um, it, it's contained in this body. Yeah, or this is Christian default and right. then this everyone is, comes around. Yeah, and everyone that, else yeah. is just a different shade of this default. Right. Which yeah. is a really, it's so interesting. It's a very old way of thinking. Like, like ancient times, they used to think that there were like men and then not men. Yeah. And they were like slightly lesser men. Yeah. And that was women, what we now know as the female wow. gender. Like there wasn't like two genders. It was just like you were a man or you were a lesser man. Or not. Yes. Yeah. Well, it isn't even that in Genesis too. Like she's from him. She's yeah, just yeah. Like a piece of him. Yeah. Or something rather than her own. I mean, uh, yeah, ish is in Hebrew, ish is like man. And then isha is woman, but it technically means like. Um, her, like his, <laughs> like the man's or whatever. <laughs> oh it could also be like, uh, like husband, and then like so it's like the husband. So the wife would be what the husband's possessive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's Whoa. um. Jeez, so please. like it's just that's just so baked into because like that's right how there. people understood gender for so long. Yeah. We did not always understand gender as a binary. Nope. Like way before we understood, we had any idea of a binary. We thought it was a single gender. Wow. And they're just different shades of that. Interesting. Like, it's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Amazing what happens when you like start looking at trends. And but we still hold to that thought in a lot of spaces that def- man is default. Like that that hasn't completely gone away. Mm-hmm. Oh, the idea that like straight white male perspectives is like okay, so that's normal. Right. And then anything else is like right. contextual theology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. diversity, a different yeah. personality. Yeah, type yeah. Or a yeah, different yeah, yeah. Flavor. I mean, like take pop culture alone. Like how many comedies are just yeah, that's now having of, yeah. women be <laughs> the lead? Yep. Yeah. Or the you guys saw Endgame, right? Yes. I mean, this is coming out in like a, so like we're past spoiler time. Oh but yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler that alert. The freaking scene of where women. All the girls were together. Yeah, she's not alone. Fuck yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I was a little bit like pandering, but also I know I that I had to say I had to say I was like <laughs> I was okay. like yeah you had to because I was like logically just had a female superhero yeah, movie, but right. whatever. I was like logically these women wouldn't necessarily all be next to each other in the battle at this moment, but I'm like damn it, I love it I know, anyways. I like, and that's what I said <laughs> on Reddit. The symbolism is amazing. <laughs> if you look at the logic of that, it doesn't make sense that Captain Marvel and Battle <laughs> Theory says it doesn't make sense that you put all your swords in one place. Yeah. The art of war declares. That. And you know, men have more upper body oh strength. God. It's scientific. Did you guys go into a deep dive on Reddit on on like people? I don't like, deep dive Reddit okay. at all. Yeah, it's it sounded in like dark you place. <laughs> no, I can just I can just you put just that know. hat on for a little while. Mm-hmm. Put your You'd be straight great white on male Reddit. redditor hat. <laughs> yeah, I, Caroline, I got it right here. I feel like Caroline, you would thrive on certain Reddit communities. Oh my God, can you please? <laughs> I don't think so. It's too late. No, I think, it's I too think late for me. You could get Never on some late. Grande Reddits and. 
really share <laughs> oh, hot I, takes? Yeah, Rihanna read it. Spout off yeah. on those. The Riri read it. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've only been to New Abbey three times, <laughs> so it was great. Wow. It was like two at services well, and the Easter service. Are we doing well. a Yelp right time. now? Yeah. And uh, I've been three times. So now you've been three, three times. Have you considered tithing and giving back to the community? <laughs> and also, I guess I'm leading a Bible study now, and I'm like, I'm so stressed. Uh, yeah, that's but uh, but uh, but to your point of what we were just talking about, um, it was so nice to go there because like uh, for a little while, like my husband was a worship pastor at a pretty conservative mm-hmm. church in Sierra Madre, and then before that, we were going to Reality LA, <clears throat> and uh, and then we <laughs> took a couple other places, and so to be at New Abbey and like we'd I'd sought it out like because I knew it was affirming and it was like mm-hmm. this certain community, but to actually like see it and be among those people and to see. Yeah, like openly queer people, hands up, worshiping all out and just being who they are and dressing the way, the way they want to. Was, I was just surprised, and I know it's just an obvious thing, but I was surprised at how like moving that was mm-hmm. to be like, oh my gosh, we're all here. I'm not especially privileged over this person. And yeah. like, I don't have to worry about them not getting to participate. We're like, we're all here. And yeah. so it was so powerful. Yeah, I nice. cried my first time there. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was just, it was amazing. I was just like, what? <laughs> we can, we can be open about it. We're well, all cool. I think too, it's probably <laughs> another weird analogy, but, but I think for so long and for a certain amount of time, we probably all experienced a modicum of this via the internet yes. specifically. And it was just like theoretical or as parasocial. It wasn't something that was like, tangible and real and literally the person yes. you're holding hands with next yeah. to you so then to see that tangible embodiment of it is it would be hard for it to yeah. not be moving yeah, yeah. on some level yeah my connection to that was twitter like i i curated my twitter timeline to be voices of people not like me and yeah. um and my friends voices as, as well but like I started following people Sparks. who were challenging me, and yeah, and I, I don't follow you. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I will after this is just. I had to confess it. I felt so convicted. <laughs> I couldn't pretend. Get um, out! Get out! <laughs> uh, no. But I mean, that was it. And so, like, and yeah, when something would them. happen, uh, I would like go to Twitter and be like, "Oh, how are these people processing it differently than my white ass?" You know, mm-hmm. um, and that was super helpful. Like, I just got to learn and just. Like, understand that I don't, the way that I see the world is no longer default. Yes. Like, it's just a way to see the world. And so, yeah, but now I'm actually touching those people. Like, I'm holding their hand every Sunday and celebrating that I'm different than them and that they're different from me and that we're all a part of this larger thing called life and humanity. That was a good gift from God. And we just get to participate in that reality. Yeah, Um, it's very special. It's sad it took so long. Right, I know. It's so sad. Like, I'm 30. It's taken me... It's taken us so long. It's taken me, like, 27 years before I experienced a community like that. (sighs) I know. But we're here. Yeah, but we're here now. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, Yeah, and everyone's at their own pace, so, Mm -hmm. you know. Because all this stuff before, it's all a part of it. Exactly, yeah. That's why it's a complicated relationship It's hard to reconcile. I would not be here without all of that stuff. I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have cared so much about this had I not had the opposite viewpoint for so long that I felt strongly about. I wouldn't be working to create queer uh, spaces for queer people in the church had I not been excluded. Now, that doesn't ever, uh, you know, I was in the church, but, you know, that part of me be excluded, I yeah, should say. Yeah. Um, that doesn't excuse, it doesn't mean we actually, like, you know, perpetuate great. harm yeah. intentionally <laughs> right. so that one day, they're, you know, we don't do that, but we just recognize that that was a part of it. And that's why, yeah. and we're all working this thing together. This thing is going somewhere. So. Yeah. Hey. So cool. 
Hey, well, thanks for sharing. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yeah, I know. And I know there's like so many other little parts of that that you had to skip over. Guys, we went from Exodus to Ariana for like a good 10 minutes. (laughs) And I have to say that's a highlight of 2019. (laughs) Guys, kind of like Captain America, we could do this all day. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And we've all got great asses. Uh, I did. (laughs) That's America's ass. We did did have questions for a pastor written down. (laughs) My first one is, so the Bible what? <laughs> Kevin was typing these aloud as we were getting ready. I was like, that's a good one. Write it down. Oh, God. The Old Testament. Uh, why so serious? <laughs> the resurrection. Come on. All right. <laughs> so feel free to address this. <laughs> Speak to that. Wait, what? Oh, did, I, I will say before we close out, because we do need to wrap this one up and then maybe get to the... Get your chocolate off my couch. <laughs> Okay, for the listener at home, it's a candy bar. It's not anything else. <laughs> shit. That's <laughs> my shit. Uh, uh, what is your perspective generally on the Bible? Like, what is your field of interpretation with it? Um, Real quick. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that in 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, we're about um, to leave. I think, the, I think the important thing is, and I actually, I believe this is a Rachel Hold Evans tweet, um, that I think about often is we don't have to cede the Bible to fundamentalists. Um, mm. The Bible deserves way more than that. I heard a recent uh, podcast interview with Nadia Bowles Weber and Pete Holmes on the You Made It Weird podcast. Highly recommend that interview. And she talks about the Bible is like a very powerful weapon. Look where it's gotten us mm. right now. And it's almost, it's too powerful to put it in the hands of a singular person, a straight white male. Mm. Like that needs to be, that weapon, I mean, this is so, it's so interesting. Even the Bible talks about itself as a weapon and we use it in very spiritually, spiritualized terms. But the reality is, is the Bible shapes culture and we have to learn how to hold on to it and all use it well, healthily interpret it well, because we can't just let that be in the hands of one person or it will be used as a tool of hurt and oppression. So what you're saying is like the Bible are like the soul stones (laughs) and the time stones and the spirit stones and... That if Thanos puts them all in one glove, oh my it's God. Too, too much, much power but for when, one person. But when they're spread out to various communities, <laughs> and they're all able to use it to do sucks, their respective Caroline. parts, then those stones are helpful, helpful and they've got to stay there. They're in the right hands. <laughs> we cannot let can Thanos have all of those stones. We cannot let one person have control of the Bible. No one man we should have all that. power. Power. Know how to use this thing well. <laughs> wow. Wow. Take me to church, Take y'all. Me to church. We are in church. I feel that. This is my church. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's wrap up on that. Uh, you're my favorite, Caroline. You're my favorite. I just I'm love so this. You're right there with <laughs> so me on that. It's, it's the best analogy Thanos I've nerds. heard recently. Good grief. The Infinity Stones are the Bible. And, and put that down, write it down. Okay, yeah. next week. We're going to have Darren back, and we're going to talk about (laughs) the Enneagram and talk about whether it is just astrology for Christian nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Darren, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, too. You're fantastic. We'll tune in next week when we'll do something different. Bye. Black card is my business card away. It be setting the tone for me. I don't oh my gosh. Brag, like, is that the most proud of yourself you've ever I, been? It's the thought. I like couldn't wait for you to finish your sentence because I was just like.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.